Little brother Sam, stay on in the flat above bookends, that they'd always called home. And so she was sad that Lavinia was suddenly gone. She really was. It was the kind of sad that sat deep in Posy's bones and rested heavy in her heart. But there was also worry, a gnawing anxiety that had taken hold of Posy's internal organs and kept tugging at them every few minutes or so. Now that Lavinia was gone, who knew what would happen to bookends? It was highly unlikely, verging on impossible, that a new owner would let Posy and Sam live rent-free in the flat above the shop. It just wasn't good business sense. On Posy's meagre bookseller's salary, they certainly couldn't afford to rent anywhere other than the tiniest of shoeboxes somewhere far, far away from Bloomsbury. Then Sam might have to change schools, and if money was too tight to stay in London, they might have to move to Wales, to Merthyr Devan where Posy hadn't lived since she was a toddler, and camp out in their grandparents' two-up, two-down, and Posy would have to try and get a job in one of the few local bookshops, if they hadn't all closed down. So yes, Posy was sad, desperately sad, and aching from the loss of Lavinia. But also she was worried sick, hadn't even been able to choke down a piece of toast this morning. And then she felt guilty for being worried sick, when all she should have been feeling was grief. Have you any idea what's going to happen to the shop, then? Verity asked tentatively, and Posy realised that the four of them had been sitting there silent and lost in their own thoughts for long, long minutes. Posy shook her head. I'm sure we'll know something soon. She tried to smile encouragingly, but it felt more like a desperate grimace. Verity grimaced back at her. I'd been unemployed over a year before Lavinia gave me a job, and that was only because she said that Verity Love was the most splendid name she'd ever come across. She leaned closer to hiss in Posy's ear. I'm not a people person. I don't do well in interviews. I've never even had a job interview, Posy said, because she'd worked at bookends forever. She'd spent 25 of her 28 years on earth at bookends, where her father had been manager and her mother had taken over the tea room attached to the shop. Posy had learned her alphabet as she was shelving books, and her numbers as she counted change. I don't have a CV, and if I did, it wouldn't take up one sheet of paper. Lavinia didn't bother to look at my CV, which was probably for the best, because I was fired from my last three jobs. Nina held out her arms for their inspection. She just asked to look at my tattoos, and that was that. On one arm, Nina had a trailing design of drooping rose petals and thorns, that framed a quote from Wuthering Heights. Whatever our souls are made of, his and mine are the same. On the other arm, for a change of pace, Nina had a full sleeve, depicting the Mad Hatter's tea party from Alice in Wonderland. Then the three girls turned to look at Tom, because it was his turn to confess his unsuitability for employment outside bookends. I'm a PhD student, he reminded them, I could easily pick up some more teaching or research work, but I don't want to. I want to work at bookends. On Mondays, we have cake. We have cake every day, Posy pointed out. Look, none of us know what's going to happen, so I suppose we'll simply carry on as normal until... Um, we don't. Let's just take today to remember how much we loved Lavinia and... Ah, there you are. Lavinia's waifs and strays, her merry band of misfits, declared a voice, a deep, pleasant voice, which could have been described as attractive. 
if the things that were said in that voice weren't always sarcastic and cutting. Posey looked up at Sebastian Thorndyke's face, which would have been a very attractive face if it wasn't always sneering, and she forgot that she was meant to remember how much she'd loved Lavinia. Ah, Sebastian, she snapped, the self-styled, so-called rudest man in London. Not self-styled or so-called, Sebastian said in the smug, self-satisfied, high-handed way that he'd perfected by the age of ten, and which always made Posy curl her fingers into fists. The Daily Mail said I was, and The Guardian too, so it must be true. He glanced down at Posy, eyes lingering over her breasts, which, to be fair, were testing the buttons of her dress to breaking point. Any sudden movements, and she'd flash her M&S ditzy print bra to the room, which would be highly inappropriate at any time, but especially at a wake, especially in front of...